Welcome to Conversations About Life. My name is Will Jackson, and I'd like to share with you a conversation that I had with my sister, Cindy. Cindy is an author, a speaker, and a busy professional. She was currently laid up uh, for a bit because of a foot surgery that she had to have, and I thought it was a good opportunity to have another conversation with her. Um, This would be her second time on uh, the podcast, and we talk about relationships again, Um, the need for relationships, um, vulnerability in relationships, um, dealing with resentment, and then how depression and physical pain can make um, relating to people more difficult. I hope you enjoy it. Well, hi, Cindy. How are you doing? I'm good. Thank you. Well, good. I'm really glad to just be here and be able to talk with you again. Thank you. And um, you're here here recovering from your foot surgery. I am. So I'm on the mend. Yeah. (laughs) Well, so that's good timing that, you know, just to sit down with you. Um, Well, last time when we talked, um, I thought it was a really neat um, conversation, and we talked about relationships mm-hmm. because um, you know I've seen in your life how uh, you value relationships and how you, even though you're a really busy person, how you maintain relationships and invest in, into them. And you know I see that among you and your daughters too, mm-hmm. and how they value their relationship with you too. And you know I pick up on that. I think that's neat. So, um, you know, when I was just thinking, well, what are we going to talk about uh, this time? Um, You know, you had mentioned, well, maybe, you know, just some other things about relationships, especially, you know, kind of concerning how vulnerability is like a kind of requirement or necessary for relationship growth and that type of thing. But Mm -hmm. so I thought maybe we'd get into that. But first of all, um, just why are relationships important? Well, I think they're really at the core of who God is. I mean, God is, I shouldn't say that, that that's not all encompassing, but I mean, God made us to be relational with him and that we experience God through a relationship, through his son, Jesus Christ. And I think relationships can either make our life um, awesome when they're going well. And I think they can also, you know, seem life can be quite devastating when they're going bad. Um, so a lot of our quality of life, um, with, with how we're relating to other people is based on the, the quality of our relationships and also with God. Um, so they, they seem to kind of, um, you know, go in sync, uh, with each other. But I think also with just how we experience life is based on how we're also experiencing our relationships in life. Well, um, and on one hand, that's a little bit uh, scary thinking that um, <laughs> the quality of our life is based on relationships because it, it almost seems like, well, we're dependent upon other people for the quality of our life. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Well, um, I think that is scary. And I think, but I think there's some truth to that. But I also think that we have a lot of, um, a lot of choices within our relationships. And I don't think that we're necessarily always dependent upon other people because I think we have a lot of choices. And I don't want to say that we have a lot of control, but we have a lot of things that we can do based on um, some of the consequences, um, based on some of the circumstances of our relationships and based on how we approach them. Um, and yeah, but I also think too, that even when relationships go bad, 
And even relationships don't make sense. I think that we also have, um, those are opportunities for us. There are also opportunities for us to grow and to experience life in a, in a deeper way. Um, but I mean, think about it though. Like when, um, things are going well with your relationship with God and you feel in sync and, you know, there's a lot of things that make sense about that relationship. We experience life differently. I mean, the lens is different. And then when we feel distant and we feel like God's not present and we feel like, you know, why is this happening to me, God? And are you, are you involved in my life? Do you care? Where are you? You know, the lens and the outlook of life is different. We experience, then we experience things around us differently. So I, I do think that kind of how we view life is really in many times based on just what's going on in our relationships. Okay. Um, I guess, um, you know, when in relationships, um, even when, um, like a relationship we wish was good, was not so good. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe just our side of the relationship, you know, maybe makes an impact on us, um, can make a positive impact on us even more than just the relationship being quite right. Like I, I guess mm-hmm. like if I'm resentful, that's going to be a negative impact on my life. Whereas if I'm loving and, um, you know, and that's from the heart, then that's going to make an imp- positive impact on my life. And really in a sense, that's not really dependent upon another person if I love them or not. Yeah. Now it is dependent upon another person if the relationship is good and thriving and stuff, because th- that takes two. Yeah, exactly. Right. But, um, yeah. And that's where it is scary. Yeah. And I think that's where, you know, the whole thing about vulnerability comes in. Yeah. Yeah. Relationships are um, also something that is kind of like um, important or, you know, like something I I think about now and then because you just hear so much about it, like from all over um, quality of life. You know, what does Mm -hmm. that mean at the end? Does it mean how much you um, accomplished or how much you have? And of course, you know, it's not. And you hear over and over again that it is relationships. and I don't even know if it's if it's relationships or if it's just a lot of social interaction. I'm not sure. Um, mm, that's a good point. Yeah, but we are made to relate and to mm-hmm. be involved with people. In fact, I was just reading yesterday an article on the internet about how um, human touch is so important. Mm-hmm. About, <clears throat> and it was kind of citing some studies about like um, people were you know exposed to some kind of a bug virus or something. And, um, those who had like really positive social, uh, structures and there was a lot of touch, you know, they were mm-hmm. less vulnerable, you know, had a better immune system, but right. just the whole idea of, um, you know, hugs and handshakes and physical contact being important. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, even for adults, we think of it more in context of like infants and children, mm-hmm. but it's still very true for adults as well. Yeah. It's amazing, right? It I is. mean that God made us with that with that need. Mm-hmm. Um and I and I think I mean I don't know, but I I think that part of that drive to have those relationships is ultimately to keep us always seeking and 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 pushing in to find ultimately that we don't we're not fully satisfied until we have that relationship with God. Hmm. Okay. 
Because ultimately, no no relationship is going to fully satisfy us. I mean, we could have the best relationship with our kids, with our friends, with our spouse, but no relationship is going to ever fully satisfy us until, unless we know and have an intimate relationship with our creator. Um, and that's never even going to be full and perfect and fully satisfying either until we get to heaven, right? Because it's still flawed and we're fallible and we don't understand everything and we're you know, faith is hard and difficult, but I think it's to keep pressing us in that direction because we have that longing and we have that need and, and that's, you know, what, what we're made for. Hmm. Yeah. That's interesting. Um, well, when I ask you for ideas, you mentioned mm-hmm. vulnerability, like you just mentioned mm-hmm. and, um, why it's necessary and, you know, obstacles we might have to have it. Well, what do you mean by vulnerability when it comes to relationships? Well, I think, well, it was something I was struggling with probably more so in my relationship with God. Well, it kind of started, I was in a Bible study. I'm in a Bible study with women and um, that meets on Monday nights. And when somebody was talking about like your word for the year and, you know, have you heard of like people having like God gives you like a word for the year? And I've never really done that before. Like I'm I had, like I had a word for a year. Now God didn't give it to me, but I read a book okay. on like having like one word because you know how you make goals, right? And you never really. I mean, my goals are like outdated. Like a month later, I'm ready for new stuff. I'm tired of the old goals, but like uh-huh. a word is something I could. I hung on to a word for like the a whole year, and it yeah. would be something what I'd pray about and think about. I hope I'm growing this. Thing, right, you right, know. right, right. So it was like doable for me, but yeah, I've had it work. <laughs> yeah, okay. So I've never really done that before, but my friend Kimberly does. And then also, and the ladies in this Bible study, in this Bible study, they were talking about that. And so I was kind of praying through that, and the word vulnerable kept kind of coming up hmm. in in just different circumstances, like in my Bible study and different things I was reading, and just it just kept kind of coming back to me. And I. And I think what was happening for me in my relationship with God was that I was working really hard to like achieve these goals. I was feeling somewhat stressed and overwhelmed and, and I was, you know, I felt like I was just striving and it it was from coming from a place of like doing, um, instead of coming from a place of like surrendering and allowing God to do it through me. And then, um, so I really had to kind of back up and say, you know, when I become vulnerable to God and I say, you know what, I can't do this. Like I, I'm not able, I need to do it through you or you need to do it through me. Um, it's, it's in that sense, then I am able. And then it was funny because then it was, when you look at the word vulnerable, the word able is in there. And it's like, we're not really able to do anything on our own. And that was where the, the verse, you know, John in John 15, where it says, I am the vine, you are the branches, you know, can't, can't do anything apart from Christ. And, and that's so true. And so everything else is just, you know, we're just striving and striving and it's just all in vain unless we're doing it in the power of Christ. So that's really how the word kind of came about in my life. Um, and then, it started kind of applying more in the context of like, and just like relationships, how if we kind of skip that piece of vulnerability in our relationships, how we, we miss like the, the real connection piece, because if we're not vulnerable, 
then we don't have the ability to be able to be connected and to really live like wholehearted with each other. And I think that's what happens in our society is that we're not vulnerable with each other. We're kind of, we kind of numb out. We kind of just like present something and it's not really a reflection of truly who we are. And we all know that like on a deep sense, we all kind of know that we have like this kind of front, but yet that's, and we're all longing for connection, but Yep, that's how we live. Like we present something that's not necessarily um, who we truly are. Um, so anyway, that's just kind of how I, you know, was started. That's, that, that's sort of how it kind of came about and how it's kind of morphing into my life. Hmm. So, um, it, so um, I guess in vulnerability and relationships, I can see how um, that's. Um, you know, uh, a necessary ingredient, um, because, um, otherwise it's, um, I guess kind of like, um, I don't know, um, like there, um, like in relationships, um, sometimes there's like, um, contending, you know, cause like, uh, you don't see eye and eye, mm-hmm. eye to eye, or there's some kind of problem that needs to be discussed. So, um, there's contending back and forth, like presenting each idea and trying to work things out. And of course, you know, you, there needs to be like, um, you have to trust the other person that they're not merely trying to win an argument, but they are trying to, um, be honest and work this out in the Mm -hmm. proper way. So, right. They're um, trying to understand. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And you're trying Mm -hmm. to mutually put your heads together and come out to, you know, come out to a, a way that's the best, you mm-hmm. know, for everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, so in order to do that, um, you know, there require, there requires to be some vulnerability on each person's part and trust and so forth. Right. Um, and you're, um, also mentioning just in like social interaction, not necessarily like these close family relationships or whatever, but just in the way we present ourselves in day-to-day life, wherever we, we are um, being kind of more authentic. Is that kind of what you're talking about? Yeah. Too? I mean, I, I think walking around and, you know, obviously there are, <laughs> it's not, you know, like on Facebook. I mean, sometimes people put things, you're like, Oh, that should never have been on Facebook or, you know, or something like that. Or appropriate. Um, I'm, I'm not necessarily saying that. I mean, obviously we, we're not vulnerable with everybody and there are some situations where it's not appropriate to share certain things um, because we haven't, that person ha- hasn't earned our trust. Like we don't trust that person. So mm-hmm. obviously there are degrees of vulnerability. I think authenticity is kind of a different thing though, because that's mm-hmm. presenting somewhat of, you know, we're not fake. We're not, um, you know, we're not, um, putting up a front that's that's saying something different contrary to who we really are. I think vulnerability may be in the sense that, you know, we stop short of sharing like our, our needs and, you know, where we're struggling and things like that. Um, and we wouldn't do that with just anybody. Like mm-hmm. we would have to like, you know, we, we earn trust by sharing with each other, by sharing little glimpses of that. And then it keeps gaining and growing and that connectiveness and that intimacy keeps growing and growing and growing. And over time, then the measure and the scale of vulnerability can continue to grow and becomes more expansive within a relationship. But 
it takes time to get there. But I do think though, in our relationships, even like, especially like at church or in social gatherings, you know, it was always like, Hey, I'm fine. Or yeah, how are you? I'm great. And we don't really ever hold compassionate space for each other to be able to say, no, really, how are you? You know, we don't, we don't ever say when we say, Hey, how are you doing? I'm good. We're not really asking how they are. You know what I'm saying? So I, so I guess I am kind of saying, you know, those two different things, but you know, I do think when we are, um, in the context of a relationship, I do think, you know, we give out little pieces of vulnerability and we have then the ability to be able to continue to connect and to grow. And that's how a relationship becomes um, stronger. Now, when we give out a little piece of vulnerability, mm-hmm. now the other person does have to kind of also give some vulnerability or, um, or, you know, it, it can't just be no, one-sided, right, right. right? Well, what they have to be able to say is, yeah, me too. Mm-hmm. They have to be able to relate to that. Because I think the opposite, right? I think the opposite of vulnerability is, or what keeps it from happening is like shame, mm-hmm. you know? And shame grows in silence. Shame grows in, in this, you know, keeping it in the dark. And we all have this like, you know, I'm not enough. Like I don't measure up. Like I'm not. And I can't, you know, if, if they really knew about me or they really found out, then they, you know, I wouldn't, I'm not worthy of this love. Or I'm not worthy of this. And, and that's just, you know, lie from the pit of hell, right? That's what Satan uses to be able to deceive us. And we know that through Christ, I mean, he has made us worthy. So I think that when pe- someone does give us like that sense, that little bit of vulnerability, our response is be able to say, to show that empathy, and to be able to put ourselves in that person's shoes and to and to try to really put our heart there and say, well, what would it be like if if I was experiencing that and say, oh, yeah, you know, and try to really understand, yeah, I get, yeah, I'm trying to understand what that would be like for you. I think that's how the other person needs to respond. Right. So the amount of vulnerability we can have does depend somewhat on the other person it because does. if I've- there's not like... um any kind of connection, you mm-hmm. know, um, like mutually, you know, right. sharing or vulnerability, then um, it just doesn't work as far as right. the relationship. Right, yeah. doesn't work. And I think sometimes we we can even sabotage some relationships. Like, um, like I've seen this happen before. I used to do run like a lot of like groups and support groups, and like your groups like will evolve like in levels of vulnerability, you know. And sometimes you would get people who would come in and they would be really afraid of being vulnerable, and they'd be like the first group, right? The first group session, <laughs> and the first group session, all we're really trying to do is learn each other's names, right? <laughs> you would have like maybe one person, and they would come in, and they would like, "Hi, my name is," and you know, <laughs> and they would share like the most intimate details in the introduction and people are just like like a deer in headlights and they're like, Oh, too much, too much, too much. Right. And then people mm-hmm. are pulling away mm-hmm. and then they're, you know, and their response is like, they don't come back or, you know, and their response is like, yeah, I see. I, I knew you wouldn't get me. Like mm-hmm. I, I knew. And that's like a defense mechanism as well. Right. Mm-hmm. That's like a way to, to kind of keep people at arm's length too. That's mm-hmm. not being vulnerable. That's just really probably another aspect of shame. I would say. Okay. But yeah, so, you know, because vulnerability is like, like you were saying, it's built like in little steps. It's, it's a pattern of connectedness. Yeah. So the difference, so I can see the problem with just like 
just pouring it all out, you yeah. know, and like it's, it's yeah. kind of being inappropriate and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> but I guess I've never, you know, discerned like, well, what is, you know, I, I see that's a problem. I'm not exactly sure just why it's a problem. <laughs> I can see that it is. Yeah, yeah. But um, yeah. So, is, is is that is it just that it's too fast? Is that the what it is or? Yeah, yeah. It's you know, it's something that you have to. I think it's it's something that has to be earned. I mean, you have to create like a safe space for it to happen. Okay. Because if if you just like go up to somebody and you become 100% vulnerable with them and share things with them, then, then basically, I mean, you don't know how that's going to go. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's going to do more harm than good for both, for both people. So that, that really wouldn't be the intention of being vulnerable. Okay. Um, maybe because so. it's like not necessarily depending upon the relationship, you're all, you're sharing all of that. And it's like there's no relationship established, and all exactly. of that has to kind of come through a relationship, which right. builds up over time. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah, it's like building a house with no foundation; mm. it just doesn't happen. Yeah. You know, uh, like defensiveness would be kind of like an obstacle to vulnerability. Mm -hmm. And um, I guess I've heard people say this before, like um, in like a, a kind of a way to get around defensiveness, like whatever someone might kind of like uh, say against me is like they don't know the full story it's probably a lot worse than they <laughs> you know and um and like you had mentioned because of the cross um there really isn't you know defensiveness doesn't have to play a part anymore mm -hmm. because um you know uh, that's all taken care of and we have our confidence our standing um, not in what we've accomplished or what we can, um, who we are and just our own self, but it's because we are, have been redeemed mm -hmm. and that shame has been taken away and we are, you know, in his righteousness, so to speak. Right. You know? Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And that's hard though, right? Cause our, our natural yeah. tendency is to want to like, you know, put up those walls and, and protect ourselves. And mm -hmm. I don't know, I, I have this really strong need to like, feel like I've been understood. Mm -hmm. And when someone comes in and they kind of falsely, you know, attack or misunderstand, or I'm like, that's not what I meant. I mean, I really want to get in there and like, you know, like, no, let me like re-explain it. And, um, that's not always going to be helpful at that point, you know? So, mm. yeah. Yeah. But I guess if they're not really wanting to understand. Uh, but. Yeah. And I just think sometimes people can't understand. You know, mm. like who's really going to get us besides God? You know what I'm saying? I mean, I just think that some people aren't capable of understanding fully or because of, you know, their lens and what they've been through and kind of where they are. And I think we have to recognize that about ourselves too, as mm -hmm. you know, we probably are misunderstanding to a big extent as well. Mm -hmm. You know, so that makes it, that's, that's one of the things that makes relationships super hard right there. Yeah. Yeah. It's probably good to keep in mind um, that we m might not un be understanding real well just so we can kind of second guess ourselves or just be more observant, more patient, questioning and looking and, mm -hmm. you know. Yeah, exactly. Um, well, concerning, um, you know, relationships, um, 
of course, there's always, you know, in every relationship, there's kind of wrongs that are done sometimes and so forth. Mm -hmm. Um, and a person may, um, sense resentment in their heart. Mm -hmm. Um, so what's a good way for a person to respond to resentment if they notice, if they sense that deep down there somewhere there is resentment? Mm -hmm. Um, do you have any thoughts about, um, just working through that because of course it's not good for them or the relationship. Right. Know? Right. It's interesting. There's, um, there's like research that's out there that talks, and this is always in the context of, of, of marriage, but they talk about, I think it's kind of the same thing. Maybe it's a little different, but they talk about uh, the role that contempt plays in relationships. Hmm. And there's um, a couple of, marriage experts, John Gottman being one of them. And he says that he can tell within five minutes, whether or not a relationship, a marriage is going to last or not. And it's whether or not there's contempt in mm -hmm. it. Right. And I think that's super interesting. Right. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and I don't know if there's really, um, there's not a perfect way. I don't think to, um, deal with that because you can't in that way, there's usually, it's usually coming from both parties. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of hurt that's been done, most likely, a lot of misunderstandings. And and it may not even necessarily be so much about the relationship. It could be about past things that are contributing to the relationship, you know, unresolved issues, whatever, that are that are causing additional pain, but in the context of the relationship. But I do think that we have to take responsibility for the contempt or the resentment that we feel. And I think the thing that often becomes the obstacle is that we're waiting for the other person to show a change, to show something that gives us like an, a crack or an open door to make it safe for us to forgive or to stop being resentful or something like that. I think that's what we look for. We look for a sign of like safety. Mm -hmm. So that's the very opposite of being vulnerable. Mm -hmm. It's the very opposite of like trusting that God's, you know, got all this in control. And, but it's, it's scary because, you know, obviously being vulnerable, you know, means that we're, we can get hurt again. Mm -hmm. So I, I think that's one of the things that we have to stop looking at the relationship or at the other person. We have to start looking inward and, you know, knowing that God can give us the strength to do that. Um, I think the biggest thing in doing that is just to try to, um, cultivate an attitude of gratitude and, and just to start thinking about what role does gratitude play in my life and um, to just try to, you know, it, it doesn't mean we deny the pain. It doesn't mean we deny that there's problems, but I think we start trying to look for the ways that God is working. We try to start seeing his hand in things and and be appreciative for what is going right instead of for what's going wrong. And it doesn't even always have to be about the relationship. If we just start doing that about our lives in general, I think more we we can many times can just get rid of the contempt. I think also a big thing is starting to pray that we will see the other person like God sees the other person. And oftentimes um we see the person as an enemy. And they very well could be acting that way towards us, right? But, um, you know, God has some very specific things about what we're supposed to do with people who, who act as enemies towards us. And Jesus was obviously the best example for what he did 
and how he loved and forgave his enemies. So I think we have to start fostering a mindset like that. That's, I mean, I can say all that and that's super easy, but that's really, really hard to do. I mean, mm -hmm. that's where that surrendering and being vulnerable in our relationship back with God is so important saying, I, I can't do that on my own. Like mm -hmm. that only comes through the power of Christ within us. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this is almost like resentment in like a different uh, area, but like, you know, I guess I was reading um, John, you know, Jordan Peterson mm -hmm. speaking about resentment. And this might be more like not an intimate relationship, but more like mm -hmm. a work relationship or something. Like mm -hmm. if, if we notice resentment, there could be like one of two things. It could be someone's plowing over us and we're not standing up for it and knowing how to address it properly. Mm -hmm. Or we could just be too much of a whiner or something, you know, and just let things mm -hmm. get to us that shouldn't get to us. But in some situations, you know, it's like strategically taking action so that we're not like constantly ran over and stuff like that. Yeah. But in um, like marriage relationships or more just close friend relationships or something, it's kind of not just so cut and dry. You know, yeah. it's like a lot of little things that have accomplished, you know, yeah. come over the years. Yeah. I think it can still be some of those things mm -hmm. as well. What, what Peterson was saying, I think it's still, sometimes we can look back, but it's harder to identify Mm -hmm. because there's so much more emotion and mm -hmm. baggage yeah right that's thrown in there that's it's harder it's harder to identify but there are times when we don't have good boundaries within our marriage mm -hmm. and we become almost like a have a victim mindset you know mm -hmm. and that's hard it's hard to see but that's what's happening or there's also times where um you know we need to just say you know what what part of the problem am i in this situation and then what do I need to be doing? And you know, it's, it's very, very hard. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, you were saying like, if we could see the other person as God sees them and if we could just see the, see how God sees things just in general, like or even seeing ourselves, mm -hmm. like if we could just understand how much we've been forgiven and just, you know, if that was really clear to us, that would just probably take care of all, all the problems because absolutely. <laughs> Then we'd be in heaven. Yeah. <laughs> but I think that goes back to holding that compassionate space for each other. You know what I'm saying? Like just starting off with that perspective, trying to have compassion for each other instead of going in with like, you know, armed up, you know, um, ready to kind of be like, prove ourselves right. I think that's often like our perspective, right? We're ready to like make our point, get it across. And, and even if the other person is doing that, I think if we approach it with compassion and maybe things don't end up going right in that conversation, I think if we still approach it from a level of compassion, trying to understand, being, you know, being somewhat vulnerable as much as we can in that context, um, I think we can still walk away from that encounter feeling somewhat like, you know what? I want to say, I, I want to say victorious because that would be victory in Christ, not victory maybe in the outcome, but victorious in the fact that I represented God well in that situation because I allowed what, how he would want me to act in that situation to come through. And I think that's hard for me because sometimes if I'm really trying to do something like that and, you know, prayerfully, 
trying to be submissive to God and then I don't get like a good outcome, you know, I think mm-hmm. I failed. It didn't happen. And I think, you know, that's what, that's not what God's looking for. He's so much more concerned about how we do things than what we accomplish. And so I think that's part of what we have to kind of keep in mind. Hmm. Um. <coughs> Excuse me. And, um, and relationships do take two. And um, I guess that's one thing that I'm just kind of thinking is I'm thinking through all of this right now mm-hmm. that um, it doesn't, we, you know, uh, we can't make a relationship what we want it to be, yep. but we can um, just do what God's calling us to do on our right. side. Right. And, um, and if there's that uh, resentment, that, um, you know, if the relationship, you know, um, can't be where we want it to be, uh, as you know, Christians, God's given us what we need to grow and to deal with that. Mm-hmm. Though I'm, you know, I'm sure, and I can experience and have experienced that that can be an ongoing mm-hmm. struggle and, and growing in it and stuff like that. But, yeah. Definitely. Yeah. I think one of the things we tend to do when relationships are not going well mm-hmm. or when we're having issues, I think what we often tend to do is we kind of like numb out, you know, we kind of like do things that just kind of keep us from being fully present. Um, and I think in our society, there's a lot of things that we've deemed as like bad numbing out things. You know, like addictions would be bad mm-hmm. things, right? And we've deemed those as we've stamped them as those are bad. Don't do those. But I think there are a lot of other things that we do that they don't get labeled as bad, but they're still very much like numbing out things mm-hmm. and they keep us from being engaged, fully present. They're not comforting us, right? Because there are some like activities that we do. They're very much like part of like things that bring joy to our lives, right? And that's a different thing, but things that we do just to keep us like distant from relationships because we don't want to be vulnerable because we don't want to acknowledge the pain or what needs to be done or because we would just rather live disappointed, right? And status quo with the relationship than be disappointed. Right. It's almost like some people could kind of enjoy a martyr complex. Yeah. You know? And I guess any of us could, it's something to be careful of. Yeah. Know? Right. Because we kind of feel, feel a little bit morally superior or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Because if we actually were present, right. And made our souls vulnerable and open and exposed, then we risk getting hurt again. Right. That's the disappointment. So we would rather just live with like this ache, this level of disappointment, because we can deal with that rather than being present, trying to fully engage and be disappointed. We would just rather live disappointed. Mm-hmm. And so we just, we, but in order to maintain that, we have to numb out. We have to do something to keep our hearts like at a distant. And the bad thing is when we numb out, we numb out the bad, but we also numb out the good. Right. I mean, mm-hmm. you numb out pain, but you also numb out joy. Like it's not selective. You just numb it all out, which I think is really sad. And I think that's where a lot of us, I mean, including Christians, I think a lot of us find ourselves often. Mm-hmm. And um, it's easy to do that. I mean, it's really easy to do that mm-hmm. when we feel overwhelmed and when we just don't know what to do. And I think that's where, for me, I think that's where I have to go back and look at that vulnerable 
through in my relationship with Christ saying, I, when I'm vulnerable with him, I can't do this. I can't fix this. But when I come to you and I surrender, then I am, then there's, then you're able, you're able to do it. When I get out of the way and I become vulnerable to you. Hmm. Yeah. Like you've mentioned that a couple of times, like this thing of being like helpless before God and like Mm -hmm. depending upon him is kind of like a core part of this and Mm -hmm. reaching, you know, and affecting our relationships and things like that. Yeah. I think it works both ways. It's my word. So (laughs) (laughs) it's your what? It's my word, (laughs) (laughs) but I do, I think it has to start there. I really do. I think it has to start, you know, with that being vulnerable in Christ that we can't do it. And that's actually just surrender. Really? That's what that is. Okay. Yeah. Um, well, here's another aspect that can deal with relationships, and that's physical pain or depression can make everything in life so much harder, and um, and it can make someone not want to be with people. And um, like I don't experience this a whole lot, but I know people got to experience this, you know, and. And I, I do, I, we all have to some extent, like even just, um, not getting a good night's sleep for a night or two mm-hmm. can make such a difference in like not wanting to be with people, everything being kind of harder. Mm-hmm. And then some people do struggle with ongoing depression or like ongoing physical pain. Um, what are some simple things that people can do to nurture and enjoy relationships when they're experiencing pain or depression or maybe even both? Mm. Wow. <laughs> That's a hard question. Um, well, that's really difficult. Well, first of all, I mean, I think if someone really thinks that they are experiencing depression, I mean, I think they need to get professional help. I mean, if, you know, I think that that's if, like it, if it's ongoing. And yeah. Pr- yeah, definitely. Severe. I mean, I think there's a difference between feeling depressed and being depressed. And if, you know, if it's ongoing and if it's left untreated, then it could just continues to get worse and it's more pervasive and it's more and more difficult to, to treat. And some people, you know, think, oh, that always means medication or that always means this or whatever, but I don't, it, it doesn't always mean that, but mm-hmm. it is important to, you know, get professional help for that. Um, because sometimes it can just be like something, um, you know, some deficiencies that we're experiencing, you know, or just talking to somebody, some things like that, um, can really make a big difference. Exercise mm-hmm. makes a huge difference, mm-hmm. um, in depression. But I, I, I think one of the things that, that happens when we, when we feel depressed, when we're having pain, I think sometimes what happens and, um, I don't know so much about the physical pain part. I, I really don't. I, well, my foot's in a cast right now, so maybe I do, but I don't know how so much affects relationships. But I, I think when we are going through those times, I think one of the things that happens is we, we start, um, cultivating kind of like this sense of like unworthiness, like, hmm, you know, right. that, that we're not worthy of love. Um, we, we start feeling a lot of those things. And I, I, th- I think that what makes that so difficult is, 
then we start acting upon that. And so often our actions then just continue to get the outcomes then that further feed our beliefs and our thoughts. And it just starts this really Mm -hmm. bad loop, you know? Mm. So if I believe that, then I'm going to act in a certain way that's going to just give me the, the outcomes that's just going to further solidify that. Yep. That's true. I'm not, I'm not worthy, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and it's so, I mean, I think that's exactly, you know, how Satan would want us to feel, right? Mm-hmm. Cause he would want us to keep us, he would want to keep us from that. Um, so I think we just have to, we have to really fight that with truth, Hmm. Um, and that's hard. And I think as Christians, we have to be willing to get in the muck with other Christians and help them because there are times when you can't fight that on your own. Hmm. Like you have to be, you need someone to walk alongside you and like spiritually hold you up and walk with you. Hmm. Um, and I think that's so often where we fail each other as brothers and sisters in Christ. Like we don't help them with, with truth. Hmm. Um, but I think it's important many times to, to recognize that, you know, we, we need to tell people that we're struggling, going back to that being vulnerable, say, I need help in mm-hmm. this, um, get professional help when necessary. And then, um, you know, just being willing to, um, acknowledge what the truth is and just having to reiterate that again and again and, our, and again in our lives. And when you say truth, the thing that's coming to my mind is like gospel truth, like yes. Jesus dying for sin's right. truth. Because I, I guess this is kind of interesting because I don't know if I ever made the connection. <clears throat> like when I'm feeling like really tired um, that, you know, I feel maybe a little bit of shame or something like that, or I'm not feeling good for some reason, like um, that that can, you know, I don't know if I've ever realized, am I feeling, but you don't, I don't feel like being around other people and I, and maybe it is uh, you know, that, that there's a little bit of unworthiness, like, because I can't be happy around you. <laughs> right, right. But mm-hmm. if, um, but if, so maybe focusing on, you know, that all of my guilt has been dealt with and that because Jesus is my lamb of the lamb of God, mm-hmm. that, um, you know, I'm fully forgiven, fully received by him and now a child of God in this world. And I, it's okay for me to be with other people, even if I'm just going to sit there and not say anything, yeah. <laughs> just to be in their presence yes. is okay. And yeah. um, and we're all kind of in the same boat together. Yeah. You know? I had like, um, I went to a small group at my church and it was like, kind of like a, an introductory kind of class where they were teaching like the core beliefs of the church and different things. And, um, there was this young girl that was in there. I mean, she was a mom. She probably was in her mid to late twenties, but that's young when you're my age. And uh, she, she just like, she just, you know, said it was like our third or fourth session. So we were all kind of like getting to know each other pretty well. But she just said, she said, it's been really hard for me to connect since we started coming to church here because I've really been struggling with depression. Mm-hmm. That's what she said. And then mm-hmm. we just kind of, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I just thought, wow, like good for her. I mean, she just said that, right? You know, and I just thought that that was really awesome that she just said that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was interesting how once she kind of opened that up, like so many more people were kind of able to, to say what they needed and, and things like that. And I, and I think, you know, her, 
Like I just had so much respect for her. And I think one of the things that happens is when we're going through a difficult time, like we feel like you said that shame and bad about ourselves, Mm -hmm. but when someone else, right, becomes vulnerable and says it, like we don't look at them. I'm like, yeah, you loser. You got depression. You know, Mm -hmm. we don't, we don't think that we're like, wow, we have so much respect for them. Mm -hmm. But when we think about admitting that to other people, we think, well, we're going to be thought less than. Mm-hmm. But I think, you know, just being able to say, hey, you know what, I'm, I'm really struggling right now. Or, you know, we want to push away and say no to maybe a social interaction or going to church. Instead, just being able to say, you know what, I don't feel like going right now because I'm struggling with this. I just need some help. That would be like beautiful, mm-hmm. right? Just to be able to admit that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, relating to God and relating to people, they're kind of connected. Like, I think we've touched on that. Mm-hmm. Like, doing, you know, the, you're doing one while you're doing the other. Yeah. Do you have any other thoughts about just ways that we're relating to God when we're, we're relating to people and, and vice versa? Yeah. Well, I don't know about vice versa, but. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. You know, I don't, I think the way that we love God is the way that we love people. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I just think that, um, yeah, I mean, how do we love God? By showing love to people. Right. Then it's probably showing love to people that we love the least. Yeah. You know, that get underneath our skin and we can't stand and we find despicable and, you know, that would be the the whole story of like, you know, the good Samaritan and things like that. Right. I mean, when God, when Jesus told those parables, he was trying to get at the fact of saying, um, and he did this numerous times, I think, but trying to get the fact of saying, you know, these people that you despise when you love them, that's how you love me the most. And I think that that's, you know, those people that get underneath our skin and really just rub us the wrong way. I think it's when we show them love and compassion or we keep continuing to try. I think that's when we love God the most. Yeah, it seems to be like a theme that's kind of touched them on. Like mm-hmm. one thing that comes to mind is like um, in the Proverbs, if you're giving to the poor, you're mm-hmm. giving to God, you're yep. loaning to God and he'll repay. You yeah, know? right. Exactly. And um, doing it unto the least of these, you know, from the yeah. New Testament. and um, Yeah, absolutely. And also receiving, you know, how how is God going to bless us and teach us and um so many times it's through other people. So like this is an interaction from God too, not only when we're giving, but when we're receiving. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Cindy, um, what have you been thinking about lately? Um, you know, what's been on your, um, mind and heart lately, as far as just, um, what God's been doing or just what you've been pursuing or, you know, that type of thing. Hmm. Besides foot surgery, uh, <laughs> um, you know, I've been um, thinking a little bit more, well, more specifically about prayer. Mm-hmm. So that's been something that um, I've been kind of like doing some devotional work on about just specifically, um, you know, just spending more time in prayer and and not really so much how to pray, but just, you know, praying I'm more authentically. Um, so that's been something that I've been, um, thinking about, um, 
more intentionally, I would say, in the last couple of months. Um, I don't know if there's been any like big revelations that I've had in my life lately, but I think just trying to do, um, trying to be faithful sometimes, trying to be faithful when I don't always know like what direction God's sending me in. Think, mm-hmm. You know, just kind of like feeling, you know, when I don't necessarily know like God's, hear God's voice, don't always know what God's plan is for my life. Just trying to be patient and just know that God's still there and still have like a very trusting and faithful heart. I think that's really what I've been trying to work on. Yeah. Yeah. Those two are a little bit connected because I've been thinking Mm -hmm. lately that um, I'm just all into making plans just all the time, you know, and I just think it's so fun to make plans and I think about it, it's stimulating, Mm -hmm. but I'm so terrible at working out my plans because they just become old so fast. And then I going on to new plans, but I'm, mm-hmm. and it's um, for me to really do something. It's almost like, instead of me planning it, it's almost like it has to possess me. Like <laughs> it has to get a hold of me where that's just what I'm thinking about. And it's like, I didn't choose it. It chose me. Mm-hmm. So I've been thinking lately, well, maybe instead of planning, I should just pray more and then pray that God would have the thing possessed me that should, you know. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, no, I hear you. Yeah. It's, it's, it's difficult. I think sometimes when, um, when I think sometimes like I, yeah, I kind of want like maybe like more direction in my life, you know, like, okay, this is next and the next, next. And I think sometimes when I don't feel that or see that, mm-hmm. you know, I was always like someone who kind of felt like I had my life all planned out. And then, you know, I, then I went through a period of time and still kind of going through that where I don't feel like I have any plans for my life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and it's, and it's difficult because I, you know, I want, I like to have like big plans and then, you know, be working on little plans each day to get to that big plan. And I, and I haven't felt that for a long time. And so it's, that's kind of a difficult thing for me. And then to, then to think, well, if I don't know what the big plan is, then am I, am I going to miss God's plan? You know, and then just really just, just relaxing and realizing, mm-hmm. you know, the sovereignty of God is here and I don't have to worry about those things, but, mm-hmm. uh, you know, just living each day, trying to do it to God's glory. Well, that's very interesting because the question that I thought we would close on <laughs> dun, 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 dun. is, um, what would you like the next 10 years of your life to look like for you? <laughs> yeah, well, I don't know. If you know, yeah. let me know. Um, well, you know, I honestly, I would like to, um, gee, if I could retire early, that'd be fantastic. Um, <laughs> you know, I really would like to be able to use what I'm learning currently right now in the secular field to be able to apply that towards like, um, a mission organization. Mm-hmm. I'd like to be able to do that. I don't know what that looks like or if that will be, if that will be something that will be a reality for me, but I would like to do that. Um, I would like for my children to live closer to me. <laughs> Girls, if you're listening. <laughs> um, and I, I would like to, um, I think I would like to have, um, you know, I think kind of like what you were talking about, like just going from here to there. I think I've, I've had, a, you know, some volunteer opportunities where I've gone here and there. But I think I would like to be able to really kind of settle into like a focus of like, volunteer ministry that I feel really connected with and is able to kind of invest, invest in. Hmm. So I, I, I would like to be able to find that. Okay. So I think that's it. All right. 
Well, mm-hmm. it's really nice to talk with you. Thank it's you. always just really interesting to talk with you. <laughs> Is that <Yeah>. good? <laughs> it, well, good. Yeah, it's interesting in a good way. Like you're just very stimulating conversationalist. Oh, thank and you. I really appreciate that. Thank you. It's been great. <laughs> Thanks.